0: Hi, this is Pooja. This is Kaninika and we are back with a new episode from Nitya
1: But before we start, I want to take a moment and thank all the wonderful listeners who have showed our humble beginning so much love. Messages have been pouring in through the week to congratulate us. Kali, you were telling me about a text you received.
0: Oh yes, I received a wonderful message from a friend who said that this was a unique initiative and as a lay person who hasn't taken any keen interest in learning or understanding anything about Indian classical dance, she was intrigued to know more. I'm glad we have started on the right note and I hope the streak continues. But we are not the first to talk about
1: dance, you know the trend to introduce a dance piece in english language with a detailed explanation about the nuances first began in 1940s the attempt was made to break language barriers and misconceptions about indian dance
0: forms you know who i am talking about right indeed you are talking about sri bisano ramgopal the legendary dancer i remember watching a documentary on him And how while touring abroad, the critics had no idea about the instruments or the weird-looking hand gestures. And you know what, since we are here to inform people, let's use the right terminology, Hastamudra, translated as hand gestures. So, Sri Ram Gopal started demonstrating the Hastamudras. He introduced the dance pieces and the instruments that were being used at that time. He spoke about the narrative before the performance so that audiences could connect, understand and savor the performance.
1: Which of course now is the most common, prevalent format in contemporary times. I was reminded of him while uh, flipping through this coffee table book on Nijinsky, the prodigious ballet dancer. Um, Sri Gopal was hailed as India's answer to Nijinsky. But what fascinated me most was how he underwent extensive training in various Indian classical dance forms. He trained in Kathakali from Guru Kunju Kurup at Kalamandalam, Kerala. He and legendary dancer Mrinalini Sarabhai took lessons in Bharat Natyam under legendary Natonar Minakshi Sundaram Pillai. And he even studied Kathak from Guru Sohan Lal of Jaipur Garana. So he took elements from each of these dance forms and created a beautiful amalgamation which
0: became extremely popular in the West as Oriental Dance. One interesting trivia I would love for our listeners to know is that David Lean, the maker of masterpieces like Dr. Zivago, Bridge Over River Kwai, was in the process of making a film on Ram Gopal and his art form. Unfortunately, David Lean passed away and likes of us today are deprived of a masterpiece. Hmm. I've also heard that uh, Ram Gopal's father was disapproving of his choice of vocation because in those times, dancing was not considered a respectable career choice. It was often equated with notch girls or devdasis who were looked down upon. Kani, I think we need a separate podcast on devdasis. Yes, yes, I agree. We definitely need one at some point. So back to
1: Ram Gopal. He was one of the first people to introduce Indian dance to West in 1930s. So taking a cue from him, I would like to introduce various forms of Indian dance. There is a basic distinction between folk dance and classical dance. India has 29 states and 7 union territories. Each of these represents a rich, vibrant and distinct culture through its folk dances or social dance forms, which have evolved over centuries as an expression of daily work and rituals of rural communities these are performed for every possible occasion to celebrate arrival of season a good yield weddings birth of a child festivals which are so many the costumes are colorful music is produced using indigenous instruments these dances are not really taught but are rather imbibed through community But these
0: days there are a lot of places that are teaching these folk dances thanks to rapidly changing societal structures. With a typically contemporary mainstream dancing gaining centre stage, our local arts and culture need to be rebranded, to be cherished and preserved. Apart from folk dances of course, there are various classical dance styles. Sangeet Natak Academy, which is the national academy for performing arts in India, recognizes eight traditional dances as Indian classical dances. To begin with, there is Bharatnatyam, which has its roots in Tamil Nadu. Kuchipudi, which has its origin in Andhra Pradesh. Kathakali and Mohiniyatam, both from Kerala. All these dance forms are from the southern part of India. Then there is Kathak from North India, especially places like Lucknow and Jaipur. Yet another dance form is Odissi, which is from Orissa in the east. And two dance forms are from the northeast, Satriya from Assam and Manipuri from Manipur. All of these forms
1: find their roots in Natya Shastra, a Sanskrit text with 6,000 verses. And yet each of these classical dances have a distinct set of elements, style and costumes. Let's take costumes for instance. Kathakali dancers typically wear elaborately painted masks and headgears. Odyssey dancers use beautiful silver jewellery. Mohiniattam costumes are generally white with gold borders, with dancers wearing side buns. Manipuri dancers dress themselves in a kumil,
0: which is a barrel-shaped, elegantly decorated skirt. Whoa, 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 hold your horses now. I don't think we should be bombarding our listeners with so much information all at once. Mm -hmm. I think as we move forward in this series, we will unravel the mysteries of Indian classical dance. On that high note, I want to conclude today's podcast, but I think we only got started. Please keep the support game strong. Pour
1: in your feedback, comments, suggestions and show us some love by sharing our podcast. Kani and me are signing off.
0: Namaste